Welcome to the RebChat podcast. Here at RebCat Creations, we believe that creativity is our superpower and will help us remain human in a world that is becoming ever more digitally driven. The RebChat podcast talks with creative people from a diverse spectrum ranging from artists to business professionals. We explore their origin stories, triumphs, disasters, inspirations, motivations, and whatever has enabled them to do what they do. So on this hot Monday, and it, we are really, really melting here, as I imagine the rest of the UK is, I'm so pleased to introduce my guest, who is Scott Davenport, who is a writer and a playwright and has some wonderful plays under his belt. And we're here to discuss his journey, uh, his writing journey, his inspiration and motivation to write plays. And he focuses very much on people and communities and voices which sometimes aren't generally heard. So Scott, welcome. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for having me this afternoon. So I'm yeah. really excited to have this discussion with you because it's about drama and plays, and I know that's your passion. So can you tell us where the writing started, Scott? When did you begin to? I suppose like anyone who's, who writes initially, it's, it's kind of just comes through, you know, being creative as a child and just doodling and, and kind of writing stuff at school. But for me, I would say 2012 was probably a, a big one for me not to go into too much detail, but I kind of had some struggles with my mental health and I'd gone away on a residential course with the Arvon Foundation. And the Arvon Foundation were absolutely amazing. I did a, a TV writing course with brilliant lecturers uh, and and uh, good guests as well. And it, were, it was amazing. Just spending five days with other writers in Ted Hughes's house, where Sylvia Plath and Ted used, used to live, you know, great organization at, at the time of my life. It was amazing. From the, I kind of slowly built from, from that sort of point in terms of writing. And, I, and I'd sort of done short plays and that sort of thing. And I'd, I'd written, had written some short films and that sort of thing, but I was never really that serious about it. I was more focused on becoming a director. That's what my focus was. And my day job in TV and film had sort of lent me more on that path. So my focus wasn't as much stage. I've done some stage stuff. I've been involved with 24-7 Manchester Festival, which unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. And I directed a few plays there and I've done some writing around that sort of time in, in terms of short plays, that sort of thing. But yeah, 2012 was sort of the bit where I kind of thought, you know, this is something that I really want to do and focus on. And it's just been going from there. So in terms of short plays i've had some short plays on i've been working on some full-length plays as well focusing on tv and feature films and short films as well and audio which i absolutely love and adore i absolutely love audio podcasts the whole explosion of radio and, and audio podcasts you know i've been listening to audio for a number of years you know bbc not to name check the bbc but the bbc are, are absolutely amazing at, at audio drama and I've been listening to audio drama for so long, and it's something that I'm very, very, very keen to work in. So when the opportunity to work with someone like yourself came along, 
I was more than ready to pitch some ideas to you and get a collaboration going on. That journey for you from, as you say, in 2012, those adverse conditions, I don't know what was happening in your office and I need to do something for me and to discover that writer within you, because I think it is a different thing to, to direct it to write, and then taking you fast forward, and I know you've got had a lot of success with your writing. It's a real inspirational thing to listen to. When it comes to, to coming up with an idea, how does that happen for you? Is it something about you see something, it prompts you? How do you come up with the idea, Scott? Because I've read some of your pictures, and it seems that you have a lot. So where, where does that come from? I think it's just being in life. I think that's the thing. It can be it can be anything. It can be something that my son says or my daughter says. It can be something which, you know, is going on in the world, which can influence it, something you watch on the news. So it's just, I think as a writer, being able to synthesize life around you, you know, be in the world. It's great watching movies. It's great watching you know, whatever's popular on TV, it's great listening to the, the latest audio podcast. But I think just being connected to the fiber of life, and I know that sounds slightly pretentious, but it's kind of just being, trying to tune into life around you, whatever it may be, and not ignoring those ideas. Yeah, it's good to get them down. And that's that's another thing, you know, the thing is ideas are to a penny. It's the execution, putting it down and putting it down on paper and repeating that process over and over and over and over again, you know, because anyone can have ideas. You know, they come to people thick and fast. They're what they do to me. I carry a pad around with me. And this isn't necessarily a pad, which is a notepad, which is for anything other than just musings. And it might be something I hear. It might be a conversation I hear, it might be a story I hear, an anecdote I might hear, or it might be just something, a thought that's bubbled up from wherever. I don't think anything will develop out of that, but it's if I can get enough of this kind of life down on a sheet somewhere, then hopefully that will then, you know, permeate my consciousness in, a, in another sort of way. So, you know... <sighs> For me, having a phone on me, like a mobile phone where I can just put notes down and that sort of thing, that's a good sort of boon. So yeah. just like I don't use Evernote. I know a lot of writers do. Uh, I just use the one that's on Apple. It, the fact that you can segment it into folders. So I kind of got different folders set up for different ideas. Then those ideas take on new folders. So for instance, we might have one for audio, but then, you know, the collaboration that we're hoping to plan to, mm. to go on a journey. And you know, I've got a folder for that. So anything that maybe bubbles up whilst I'm out and about or I'm driving the car or whatever, um, you know, of course, hands-free, uh, you know, I can like, <laughs> record, a, I can record a voice note or whatever and then put it in that folder. And these ideas may never go anywhere, especially the stuff that's in my little, like it's a bit pretentious, but my little notepad, it is a moleskin. But, um, you know, you've got to go with the moleskin, aren't you? Love a moleskin. You've got to love the moleskin, aren't you? <laughs> got to love the moleskin. If it's good for Hemingway, it's good for me. So you capture ideas. You have this notation going on. You hear a conversation. And this being connected to the fibre of life. And I know that, you know, it's conversations and, uh, and things happening in the world and local things and communities that seem to be the subject of many of your stories. So in the part of the world where you live, is it mostly based around 
an area that you're familiar with where you find that inspiration yeah yes and no I, I look around the, the place where I am and especially the Northwest and I love the region that I live in and I love the town that I live in. I do love communities and the dynamics of communities and where they are in the modern world and their place in the modern world. And also characters that might be on the fringes of that community. So I'm not saying that I wouldn't base a story elsewhere in the world, but I kind of like seeing what's around me and thinking you know the stories everywhere that are just around me instead of thinking I'm going to set something in LA or I'm going to set something mm. in Moscow or whatever it's not me being parochial it's just me kind of thinking I want to reflect back the region that I live in and that's what I love about storytelling you know the stories all around us and it can be just someone over the over the garden gate or you know it could be in a little nook and cranny just around the corner there could be a great story there I remember us having a, a conversation about the podcast I was listening to, uh, which we call The Patch, produced by Polly Weston at the BBC, and just um, go into these random postcodes and finding a story, just any old story. And I just found that fascinating because there are stories everywhere. And there is the, the golden principle, which is right about the things that you know about, because there will be the, you know, the authenticity within the writing. With that, yeah, I do. The right what you know thing is good, but I also like what a great guy called Clive Frayne, who's written a, a brilliant book called The Process. Uh, and what he says is, you know, write what you know by all means, but write what fascinates you. Mm, write what fascinates you. And I think that's it. If you've got a fascination for it, whether it be rocket science or whether it be someone that lives at the end of your street, if that fascinates you, then you're going to dive into that. You're going to lean into that. You're going to go into the 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 minutiae the, the 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 mud of it all and that's where the gold is in my opinion anyway well, right what fascinates you absolutely and i think also the the contrast between developing a plot and a narrative and finding the voice in the ordinary the voice in the ordinary character what's your process around bringing your characters to life on paper for me it's bringing them on to life on paper you know I think it starts for me with a series of questions you know in in this different in terms of process it is literally just putting yourself in the shoes of the character and asking that character questions there's different sort of ways like I always love the um, hot seating from from acting Stanislavski all that sort of business but I always like that kind of you know you put your character in a hot seat and you kind of ask it questions so even though I'm kind of on my own and you know I'll I'll just have a series of questions and I'll be trying to answer those questions in the voice of the character not always like for what I'm writing at the moment the the, the path which hopefully would be our collaboration for that I actually wrote for monologues in in the voice of the character so um just kind of where they were on a on a specific day at the start of the story and I just wrote four distinct monologues which were basically in the voice of the character with the all the thoughts and feelings you know there's nothing there's nothing that I would want to pull out of that in terms of dialogue but it's just trying to capture as you said trying to capture that voice but to have got to that point I would have had to have known about the about mm. them. That's where the kind of questions come in. And it's not necessarily kind of like where they went to school or whatnot, but 
it's kind of motivated by the character so yeah they went to school but x happened to them and through cause and effect it's ended up having this um result so i'd rather do that than write a massive sort of biography which i i used to i used to do that and, and kind of get lost in it i think it's very easy to do so i think finding the motivation within the person even when they do bad things or despicable things it's like why is this person behaving in this way and trying to connect i guess the person with the with the deep motivation and maybe the conditioning as you say life circumstances have also had that influence and also other people you know living in a community um you do get influenced by other people um so i think that finding the voice what has this person got to say why do they say it what impact does that have and where have they been absolutely absolutely and we, and we all wear different masks and that's what i love about great storytelling done by great storytellers is especially when you have these these little private moments you know that mask maybe slips or they put a different mask or the character does something that you know they share that very personal moment with the audience and it, it might be theater it might be film and they all they all do it in a different way in terms of intimacy but I, I love when when great storytellers show you show you that side of a of a character or or that private moment that they can just share with the audience and I think you know and it illuminate the character in a different way absolutely I'm definitely on the same page as that as we call it the inside story what's going on in their head you have a conversation but we all never really know what the person is thinking. Uh, some people might have intuition about what they're thinking, but we never really know. So to disclose that to the listener is a very interesting moment of intimacy. You spoke to me um, before about your, your passion for community and for giving voice to the voiceless. So has that inspired um, this particular work that you're working on with us it has it has absolutely and i think um one of the things that and i'm very conscious you haven't read the draft yet um but one of the things that i've wanted to do with this is the building the the pavilion gardens winter gardens which is at the center of this um of this story is to um is to actually give it a voice so, and I think that's one of the beauties of audio, which is if you were to do it in film or TV or, you know, theater, you do it in a kind of an abstract way. But I think with audio, you can do those things and it doesn't seem a bit stupid. So I have actually given the building its own voice, which sounds really strange, but I've kind of, you know, given this monumental edifice a voice. And it's kind of is a metaphor for giving the voiceless a voice. So even though this edifice that stirs out to sea can't communicate for 150 years, it's had people go through its doors. It's had these memories shared within it, memories which particularly could be lost by it being under threat. So I kind of like the thought of giving a voice to the voiceless and, and in a way using this building as a metaphor and, and being able to do it through audio, which again, I think audio can do things uniquely that film and tv and theater can't i remember gary brown producer director great producer director him saying you know 
audio is is a halfway house between a novel and a and a film and a, and, and and a piece of audio <laughs> you know so it can have the narrator doing different things and it, it is movies for the mind it can do different things that's what? a really insightful thing it's the it's as you say the halfway house and i guess we're brought up maybe from our from our early years in that oral you know that oral tradition of listening to i remember being read stories when i was five six years old and being completely wrapped by the story drawn in and allowing the imagination to i think it was tom sawyer was one of the seminal works I remember being mm -hmm. read out by this brilliant uh, teacher and just love looking forward so much to that part of the day where you could hear that. And so it, it goes into a very ancient tradition, doesn't it? The, um, the storytelling through the voice. Absolutely. You can get lost in it. You can be whisked off to wherever. There's, there's some great examples from radio and audio too many to be honest but you know you can be cast off to a desert or a, a faraway planet or, or whatever and, and and let the let the listener kind of conjure that up in their own mind of, of where they are i think that's the creativity because it frees the people to do what they do if they're working in the house or walking along a street or wherever they are they can take the story with them and I guess everybody's take on it, a film, you see the same thing. Maybe you have yeah. a different experience, but with an audio a podcast or a, a narrated story, we'll all have our version of what's actually happening in the story, which is, which is uh, Absolutely. Like, you know, I know I'm name tracking again, but Tuman Bay by John Dryden. What, what an epic in terms of radio drama, in terms of audio drama, you can feel the heat you can feel the heat of the desert you can feel you're there you know you close your eyes and you are there you are in the mid you're in like this ottoman sort of desert world of of tuman bay in the 16th century or whatever 17th century that's it and it's the way that this audio world has just been created magnificently uh, and and the characters and you you're 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 kind of in the intrigue and and all of that um world but it's the way that the the director and the writers they just create this amazing audio world which you can just delve into and get lost in i think it's beautiful and i really love the fact that this is still emerging it feels like a brand new genre in a way the, the podcast you know it's so it's such access to anybody can create a podcast you know it's got a good mic and if you can you can spend a lot of money on your recording studios but it but it is possible now for most people to actually create a podcast but the podcast story is still an emerging um genre and i like to think that we're right at the forefront of making this happen through the podcast so so thank you very much for just talking us through your background as a writer i think we'll be talking again for sure about the play but that's still in progression if people want to reach out to you just to talk about writing or finding out about some of your plays, where can they find you? I am on Twitter. My handle is at script rocket. And so they can they can go through there. And um, my website is www.scriptrocket.co.uk. Great title. Great title, <laughs> script rocket. Well, thank you very much, Scott. And look thank forward you, Kathy. to uh, producing this. Excellent. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to the RebChat podcast.